You're listening to the weekly podcast of Citizens Church with Pastor Chris Norman. For more information on the work that God is doing through Citizens Church, please visit us online at citizenschurch.org. The question, my friends, is not, does God want to heal our land? Right? The question isn't, can God help or can God heal? The question has never been, can God? The question is always, will we? Right? God's like, I, I want to heal your land. I, God, God can heal the land of your marriage, the land of, 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 of our schools, the land of your, your workplace. Your, I mean, you feel God can, God can heal the land of California, everybody. Come on, you believe it? Four of you believe it. You're like, have you met our... God can do it. And that's not the question. Listen, God is not on trial here. The question is, will we? God says, I can, I will, I desire it. But God actually turns and says, Will you? God, would you move? God's like, that's your move. If my people who are called by my name would humble themselves. We talked about that last week. Humble themselves. Pray, seek my face. I would call that hungry. We get hungry for God. And we talk about that today. And turn from their wicked ways. Like, oh, we just gotta learn to live a life of holiness again. If, if, if we would engage with God in this way, God says, I'll engage with you in that way. I will hear from heaven forgive your sins, and, and heal your land. You know, the, 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 the word for this is called repentance. Repentance means that, it's, is that we turn to God. And a lot of times we think that repentance is what we do when we got lost and now we gotta find our way home, right? Repentance is, is, is what we do when we've fallen down and we need to get back up. And that's true. Repentance is what we do in that circumstance and situation. But repentance isn't only what we do when we find ourselves lost. It's what we do continually to keep ourselves from getting lost. It's not what we do only when we need to find our way back home. It's what we do so we don't find ourselves wandering from home. Amen? It's this idea that, that I am a, I'm constantly in my life. Look at, I'm turning to God. I'm just, I'm just living my life in this place where I am every day turning to God in, in everything. So it's not a one-time thing, it's a lifetime thing. That I'm li- How are you at this, by the way? Do you find yourself turning to God, continually turning to God, continually? Well, what, what's happening here in, in 2 Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14 is God's saying, here's what it looks like to turn to me. Here, here's what it, what it looks like to, to take your life and, and throw the weight of your life upon me is that you would be, listen, you would remain, you would stay humble, Talked about it last week. What's that mean? That, that instead of in pride, I'm resisting God's way, I'm in humility, submitting to God's way, right? I'm just God, your way, your way. I don't wanna go my way. I wanna go your way, humble. And this next one is what I called hungry, okay? We gotta stay hungry. And realize on the other side of all this, there's forgiveness and healing, there's restoration. So I wanna get there. Are you with me, amen? So... How, how do I live this way? Like Christianity, I've been saying this, is Christianity is not just about attending church. It's about turning to God, okay? So I wanna live this way. So I'm gonna stay humble. And today, what I wanna talk about, what scripture points out to us is that we also need to stay hungry, hungry. He says, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves, and then he says, pray and seek my face. Pray and seek my face. And I, I call this getting, getting hungry for God's work in our world, pray, and hungry for God's presence in our life, yeah. seek my face. Come on, we gotta get hungry 
Tell your neighbor, say, get hungry, get hungry, get hungry, get hungry. You ever been, you ever been hungry for, you ever been, you ever been hungry for something like specific, particular? You've been thirsty for something like, like you're out working in the lawn, on, on, in the lawn and on a hot day or you're out garden, whatever, and you're, just, you're, thir- you're like, I-, I need a drink of water. I can't, I can't stop until I get a drink of water. It's all you think about. You, you literally, you will stop at what you're doing. You will go do whatever you got. You're going to go find a drink of water because you're, you're, you're thirsty, you're parched, and you've had that feeling before, right? Uh, have you ever had a thirst for something specific? I know Tatum, uh, Tatum, my, once she had this thing called a honey cinnamon latte, or honey vanilla latte, that's what it is. Honey vanilla latte at Earth Cafe in LA, everybody. Once she had that, she, was, she would get like these cravings for that drink. It'd be like 10 o'clock at night and she'd be like, honey, I hate to tell you this. She goes, but I need that drink. I'd say, baby, I hate to tell you this, but I'm not driving you. You're gonna go by yourself down there. She goes, honey, I just, can you just please, can you please? 10 o'clock. I'm like, bub, it's late. She goes, but you don't understand, I'm, I'm thirsty for that. I, I need that. I'm like, babe, nope. 10, 15, please, honey, come on. 10, 20, we're in the car and we're driving. Listen, an hour, no joke. It's happening all the time. An hour to Earth Cafe down in LA. Now, thank God we were living in Orange County and they ended up putting one over in Laguna Beach. So we'd have to drive so far, everybody. That was, that was God answering my prayers, Right? But you've been there before, you're, you're hungry. And here's what happens when you're thirsty, come on, you will stop at nothing. You get focused and you, you, you get determined. And what God is doing here is he is calling his people to develop a spiritual hunger. God, I am hungry for your work in our world. God, I am thirsty for more of your presence in my life. God, I'm done trying to find fulfillment in things that the world is offering me. I'm done turning to the answers that the world keeps trying. God, I realize that you're the only answer and you're all I need. God, you're all I want. You're all I desire. And God says, my people need to once again bring within their life and stir up within their life a hunger and a thirst for God's work in our world and his presence in our life. He says, we need to humble ourselves and what? Okay, it's not a trick question. The answer was there. You ready? We humble ourselves and pray. Pray. That word used for prayer there is a particular type of prayer, okay? It's what's called intercessory prayer. God's people need to humble themselves. We're over ourselves, God. And he says, and intercede. Okay, so here's what happens. Let me, let me, let me walk you through this so you understand. Here's where we gotta go, where we're going, church, right? Is that we learn to intercede. Now, intercession means that you become an advocate on, the behalf, on behalf of somebody else. That you're going to God or whoever you're interceding with on behalf of someone else. You ever have your children do this? You got some of your children that whenever they come to you, all they want is something from you for them, right? But then you have some of your children, Raya, would come to you and she like, she looking after everybody. She's like, dad, your, yeah, dad, your son needs this, right? She's interceding. 
Yeah, your daughter needs this, right? Can, can you help them out? Dad, dad, I just, and she would always be, she'd just think about everybody. She'd dad our neighbors. Like she'd always just, she'd see need everywhere and she'd come to me. I'm supposed to go meet all these needs. She's an intercessor, right? She, she, to the point where, watch, I can go and brag. Can I brag on my daughter for a little bit, everybody? You go in her closet to this day and she'll have sticky notes of people that she's praying for and things that are on her. She's, intercess, she's an intercessor. Okay, bringing the needs of others before God. And God says this, if you want to see healing in your land, there needs to be intercession in the church. That we need to be the people, listen, who carry the world to God in prayer. Now, I love this because if we don't do this or when we don't do this, what we end up is, and here's where we, a lot of us, come on, come, if you start squirming, it's not me. I just think God wants to say something to us. We're like, listen, I think we've spent far too much time complaining about our world. Yeah. Some of you, there's a lot to complain about. Okay, I hear you. But see, if we're not intercessors, all we do is complain. See, when I complain, it's like, can you believe, can you, can you believe what they did? Well, yeah, I can believe it. They don't love God. And sinners sin. Oh. <gasps> Yeah, they do. Well, can you, can you, can you believe what they did? Can, can you believe what they believe? Can, can, you, can you believe what they said? Can you, can you, and we all run around. Can you, can you believe it? Can you believe? And so listen, before you become an intercessor, you're a complainer. And all you're doing is you're just complaining about the world. You're, and God says, listen, church, stop it. Stop complaining about the world and start carrying the world to me in prayer. There's a shift, isn't there, everybody? There's, a, there's something different that happens in my heart. You see, now here's what happens. Instead of becoming bitter, I'm becoming burdened. Friends, listen, this world is filled with people. I don't know, it might shock you, listen. Who believe different than you believe. People who got different struggles than you have. There's people who have different views than you have. I mean, this is shocking. Listen, everybody, they got different views. There's people in this world that got different views on, on politics, different views on sexuality, different views on religion. There's a lot of people got a lot of different views. And the bitter are going to label them. The bitter are going to talk about them. The bitter are gonna post about them, post to them, and we're just bitter and angry and the bitter will begin to label and complain and post and, and listen, come on. But the burdened, right, will start to pray. The burdened begin to care for them, cry out for them, stand in the gap for them, go to bat for them, seek God on their behalf. You see, the, 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 the burdened are not bitter, they're Believing God, you see, for them. And God says there needs to be a shift in the church if there's ever gonna be a change in the world. And the shift needs to be on moving from bitterness into burden. Jesus went to the cross, not, not uh, motivated by bitterness. He was bitter, at the, he was burdened for the world. In, so in love with this world that he gave him his only begotten son. Jesus so in love with the world that he took upon himself the cross. All motivated, what? By his burden for you, his burden for me. 
And God says you and I need to carry that same burden, that, that we would be longing to see people forgiven and restored, come on, and healed, and come on, long to see our world brought back to him, you see. And God says, listen, you need to start interceding. And to intercede, something's gotta happen inside of your heart. Where, man, instead of being bitter, I'm just becoming burdened. You know, Jesus, Jesus wept over Jerusalem. He said, he said, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, how often I, I, I weep for you, longing to gather you under my, my wings as a, as a hen would gather her chicks. Like Jesus is saying, watch, even though I know that I'm about to be crucified in this city, even though I know they're about to beat me brutally and nail me to a cross, and Jesus says, my heart for them is not going to be bitter. My heart for them is gonna be broken, and I'm gonna, he said, weep over them. Think about the Old Testament prophets weeping over the sins of their nation. Think about, think about the Old Testament prophets. Think about, think about when they would cry out to God on behalf of a, a city like, like Lot, Sodom and Gomorrah, just crying out to God. And God says there needs to be within the church that spirit again. Come on, that heart again where, where we let the anguish of our world and the brokenness in our world actually be carried in our heart to God in prayer. I mean, what if, what if instead of being bitter about the way your friends are treating you, you're burdened? What about being, instead of being angry with, you know, how the boss or a leader let you down, you're burdened? You know, it shifts things. It changes things, doesn't it? How about instead of complaining we carry, right? I'm, I'm gonna carry them to God in prayer. He's, he's asking us here in this, he says, no, don't just be burdened, but, but, but carry that burden to me in prayer. And what he's asking us to do in that moment, everybody, here's what he's going, listen, if you're gonna bring this to me in prayer, what, what you're doing is you're abandoning all hope that you have in yourself or in your solution or in your program and finally getting desperate enough to come to me on behalf of your nation. Okay, is that making sense? See, if I'm an intercessor, I realize that if something needs to happen over here, it's only gonna be by me coming to God and his throne here. Like I need God to do that work or nothing works. Does that make sense? I need God to show up on behalf of my nation. I need God to work in, 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 a, in a marriage that might be broken. I, I need God to, to, to go and after those kids that are, are wayward and I love. I, I need God to do that work. And see, I've come to this place where I realize that unless God works, nothing's gonna work. And you've gotta get to that place. That's why he says, you humble yourself and then you pick it. Humble yourself and post. Humble yourself and, hey, and some of you, look, I'm not, I'm not going, oh, that's bad. Some of it. Humble yourself and pray. Why? Because unless God works, none of it works. And you've got to believe that. I want to remind you of something. The battles you are facing on every front in your life have spiritual strings attached. Like you think, you think if you are not aware, you will think that, that you are wrestling against 
the Bible calls flesh and blood. It's just, I'm, I'm, I'm wrestling with my spouse and I'm, I'm, I'm fighting with my, my kids and I'm, I'm just, it's, I'm fighting with the, the school and the school district and the state and I'm fighting with the, and, I'm fight, and, and God just wants to stop you real quick and go, listen, you need to realize as it says to us in Ephesians chapter six, verse 12, it says, for we do not struggle. Our struggle is not against flesh and blood. Wait, what? Yeah, yeah, you know, no, no. I know, I know you thought it was all them and all just a physical thing, but, but scripture goes, you need to wake up real quick. Look, we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against rulers and against authorities, against powers of this dark world, against the spiritual forces of evil in heavenly realms. Friends, listen, there are spiritual strings attached and you cannot go fighting a spiritual battle with physical weaponry. Physical battles need, our spiritual battles need spiritual weapons. And God has given us spiritual weapons in prayer. If you don't understand that it's spiritual, here's what you're gonna do. And maybe you're guilty of this. You're gonna bolster your attack in the physical because you think that's where it's at. So if you don't understand it's spiritual, that it's a spiritual battle you're, you're fighting at home, that there's spiritual strings attached when it comes to the kids and it comes to the, fill in the blank. Come on, where's your battle? If you don't understand it's spiritual, then you're gonna try to bolster your attack in the physical. And so here's what it looks like. So now all of a sudden, you're, you're raising your voice. You're, you're strengthening your argument. Oh, I'm gonna have a better argument, a better argument. It's perfect timing, I loved it. Somebody, somebody tip that kid, come on. So come on, I don't understand it's spiritual. So now I'm coming at it with a little more physical gusto. So I gotta raise my voice. I'm gonna, I'm gonna strengthen my argument. Let me ask you a question. When is the last time you've been arguing with somebody about something spiritual or otherwise and you, you, know, you, you left in a mess and there's no solution, but you went home and you came up with an even better argument? And you went back and you shared with them calmly your better argument. Come on, what was the last time this happened? They went, oh, I did, I, you're right. I'm so sorry. Come on, that's probably never happened. Why, why? Because listen, guys, there's spiritual strings attached. This isn't just about you bolstering the attack or bolstering the physical. Come on, you guys, it's spiritual. And if you don't understand that, friends, your, your strength and your argument, maybe you're, you, you rally more supporters, you begin to picket, you begin to protest, you clench your fist, listen, you grit your teeth when really what you need to do is bow your knee. Christians, look at me, come on, watch. Let's stop clenching our fists and start bowing our knees because unless God works, nothing's going to work. We need God to work in our nation. We need God to work in our friends and in our marriage. We need God. We just need God, right? And God says, you just gotta get hungry for me again. Humble yourself and intercede on behalf of this world, friends. And here's the good news is that God is pleased to work. God desires to work, but he chooses to work his work through prayer. If you humble yourself and pray, that's how God's gonna work. That's how he chooses. So here's my question for you. Where do you want to see God work? In your city, in your family, in your nation? In, where do you want to see God work? Friends, pray. James says, 
We have not because we what? Ask not. I love to say this whenever I talk about prayer is that there are works waiting to be done in your life, in your nation, in your marriage, in, in, your, in your situation. There are works waiting to be done that will only be realized through the channel of prayer. And I'm telling you, you're close. You're right there. You need to pray and lean in and not give up and start to carry our lives and our situations to God in prayer. Amen? He says, get hungry, hungry from my work in this world. Come on, are you hungry? Do you want it? If my people who are called by my name would humble themselves and pray, get hungry for my work, and seek my face. This is us getting hungry for now God's presence. God, I want your work in my world. And God, I'm desperately in need of your presence in my life. He says, we're to seek. It means to search after, to, to hunt down, to, 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 gosh, to pursue after what? His face. His face. Faces represent presence, closeness, awareness. You ever see a child grab the face of a mother or a father? Like a little, I can't even talk yet, just grabbing mom and dad's face. It's like, I just want, I want, I want to see, I want to lock eyes with you. I, I, want to, I was with uh, Pastor Trey and Kayla. We were out, out miniature golfing on, on Saturday. Tatum won. Um, so, you know, and, and watching Jensen. Jensen does this to Kayla all the time. Just like, just to get her face. His mom, his mom, his mom, look at me. She's constantly, he just, he just wants to be locked in. Listen, not, not just with you, but locked in with you, right? And, and God says there needs to be in us that same that same sense where, God, I, I want to be locked in with you. I, I, I want to be close to you. I, 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 I want to know that, that God, that, that no, we're in step. You see, we're, there's harmony here. God, I, I just am longing after you. There's a hunger for you. I seek, search for, long for your face, your presence. And, and friends, listen, this isn't just, this isn't just, trying to acquire God's presence. Understand this, right? I'm not trying to acquire God's presence. God's with me all the time. Amen? Like in Psalms, there's nowhere you can go away from God's presence. God is with you all the time. The psalmist gives all these, you know, what ifs. If I send to the most high, you're there. If I go to the, the depths of the sea, you are there. Like there's nowhere I can go for, from God's presence. God is with us, amen? But what he's asking for here is a hunger not to acquire his presence, but a hunger for more of God's presence. It's just like, God, I want, I want more. I, I long for, for deeper intimacy. God, like grander. God, I just want more. You know, in Ephesians, in Ephesians, it says that he, the writer of Ephesians is going before God in prayer. And on our behalf, he's interceding on our behalf. And in his prayer, he says, God, that they may know your love. Oh, by the way, a love that surpasses knowledge. What does that mean? That means as he's interceding, he's asking that you and I would know a love that once you get to know, you realize that there's actually more of that love to get to know. Does that make sense? It's like the universe. 
The further we go into the universe, the more we discover that there's more to know about the universe. And so we go in deeper and deeper into the universe only to discover that it's limitless and it's endless. And no matter how deep we go, there's still more to explore. And God says, my love is that same way. I am that same way. The more you dive into me and you pursue after me and you're hungry for me and you journey with me, no matter how far you've gone, there's always more. There's always more depth. There's always more love. There's always, God just says, come on, come on, come on. As vast as the universe is my vastness. Get hungry for more of me. This is David, Psalm 63, one through three. Listen to this language. You God are my God, earnestly I seek you. I thirst for you. My whole being longs for you in a dry and parched land where there is no water. Does that describe you? God says it needs to. That we'd search and seek after his face. Listen to Psalm 84 two. Psalm 84 two says, my soul yearns, even faints for the courts of my Lord. My heart and my flesh cry out for the living God. The psalmist is saying, I just want more. I'm hungry for more. Friends, are you hungry for more? Man, I don't know about you, but I am. I, I want more of God in every arena of my life. I want more of God in my marriage. I want more of God in my life, my children. I pray for, I pray for, our, I pray for you. I pray for our staff every day. Just God, we just want more. I just want to open my life up more. And I get this picture like, God, it's not that when he, when, when he says, seek my face, come on. It's not that like, it's not a child seeking the attention of a distracted father. It's a father seeking the adoration of a very distracted child. Like seek his face. Hey, he's already looking at you. He hasn't taken his eyes off of you. And he says, just turn to me, like long after me. Let's, let's go there, amen? And so I was asking myself this week, like what keeps us from staying hungry for more of God's presence? And, and I got a couple things, maybe... Maybe you're in this as we close, somewhere. For some of us, I think we become, we move from depending on God to depending on ourselves. So the reason I'm not desperate for God is because I'm depending on me. I, I become, you know, my desperation level uh, is a good litmus test as to who I'm trusting. Does that make sense, everybody? Like if you're not desperate for God, what it says is you're probably trusting you. And, and warning everybody, as the worship team comes up, Dustin. The big warning there is that if you're trusting you, all you're ever gonna see is you. All you're gonna ever see is what you can accomplish. Come on, all you're ever gonna see is what you can do, what you can pull off, how great you can make the marriage, how great you can you know, raise them kids, how great you can, how, great, how, how you can reach the nation, how you, listen, all you're ever gonna see is you, right? And some of us are not desperate for God because we're so like stuck just depending on ourselves. And I need to push you today. If you're in that category, stop it. Like stop just, just wrestling in your own strength and your own might to accomplish things that only God can do. Amen. You got to get desperate for God again. Some of us are not desperate because we're dependent on ourselves. Others of us, you might be in this place. You, we lose desperation because we, I think we box God in. In other words, we limit in our thinking what it is God can do 
And therefore, we don't dream any longer. We don't press in further, right? Like, I'm okay. And we need to live in that place where Ephesians says, now unto him who's able to do, watch, exceedingly and abundantly above all you could ever ask or think or imagine according to the work that is at, the power of God, which is at work inside of you. You see, what scripture's saying is that there's always more and you need to not box God in and say, oh, we're good. We're good with where the marriage is. We're, we're good with where the state is. We're good with where the, come on, we're good. God says, no, never come to that place because in me, there's always more and you gotta get yourself dreaming again about what could be, you see? If you're not desperate for God, chances are you're not going out on a limb enough. And God is just constantly inviting you. Come on, church, I feel, are you awake with me right now? Like, like God is saying, there needs to be some places in your life. I'm challenging some of you right now, listen to me. There needs to be some places in your life where you're, go, you're just going out on a limb with God. If you're not in places of your life going out on a limb with God, here's what's happened, is you've become so complacent and comfortable just living in the normal when God just wants to invite you into the supernatural. The Bible says we walk by faith. Faith. Some of you are just, everything is sight. Everything is so just grounded in, in earth and you have forgotten that you have a God who can actually do more than you could ever think or imagine. And, and God would say, just I want you to stir it up. I want you to begin to exercise faith in your life again. And here's the last one. Some of us find ourselves just depending on, our, on ourselves. And some of us have boxed God in. And, and the last one is this, close. I think there's a lot of us who've been lulled by lulled by prosperity into complacency. Listen, you've been lulled by prosperity into complacency. You're not desperate for God because, hey, everything's all right. Like, like we tend to move toward God in affliction, but from God in prosperity. So you get desperate for God. Here's what happens in in say your marriage or in some circumstance in your life and you're, you're crying out to God, like, God, please, like, I just need you and I'm desperate and, and unless you, maybe it's a health thing, maybe it's, a, and you're just crying out to God and you're desperate for God and, and you're leaning in and, and, and adversity has that effect on us, doesn't it? Affliction pushes us to a place where we're like, God, please. And see, you need to realize affliction could actually be a gift because it could reawaken this thing that needs to constantly be inside of us. It's desperation. But here's the problem. Here's what we face. Here's the trick is that once God shows up and begins to work and move and heal and restore and God begins to strengthen, then all of a sudden we move from this place of desperation and into this place where, hey, we're okay. Why? Because well, I'm out of affliction, I'm in prosperity. So you know what? I just kind of start to fall asleep at the will, so to speak. And now I'm not as desperate as I once was. And that's dangerous. That's dangerous. I think that's what happened in our nation. Like we're good. We just kind of fell asleep at the will. We're not hungry for God anymore. We're not desperate for God anymore. And so now we're actually pushing God out of everything. You know, we don't need God. Why? Because we just become, we just become so in prosperity of being fallen asleep. Now, now listen, it is a dangerous place. Think about David as we close. David, when he was running from Saul for his life, right? From one cave to the next cave, he was pleading with God, desperate for God, I need you, God, would you wait? He's just running for his life from David. All right, David's running from his life, for his life from Saul. 
And it tells us in that season of his life that he wouldn't sin against the Lord. Even when, when Saul came into the cave, David says he wouldn't cut the hem of his garment because dare he sin against the Lord. What, he was desperate for God and there, there was this, this holiness in his life. But then watch, God begins to work in David's life, David's life and gets him into the palace. And now David's in this beautiful palace and everything's going great and everything's wonderful. And what, begins, what happens? David commits adultery with Bathsheba and has her husband murdered. And what can happen in our life is in prosperity, we wander from God and in desperation, we just are desperate for God. And here's the trick is to learn to stay desperate for God no matter what. Like good times, bad times. Like, like it's prosperity or it's, God, I'm just desperate for you. And this is what Paul says in, in Philippians chapter four. He says, I have learned. I'll figure this out, everybody. I've learned it. It took some time, took some, took some training, but I've gotten to a place where I have learned in whatever state I am to be content. I'm good, I'm good. He says, I know how to be abased, meaning I don't have a lot. I know how to abound. Everywhere in all things, I have learned both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. How did you learn all that? Paul, Paul's going, hey, take it all from me. I'm good, I'm desperate for God. Give it all to me, I could still be good because I'm desperate for God. Like, how did you learn that, Paul? He said this. He says, I can do all things. I've learned that because I do all things through Christ who strengthens me. In other words, I'm not looking to my circumstance to be what it is that fills me or sustains me. I'm not lurking, looking to the world around me to be that which, which upholds me. I have learned that it's God and God alone that sustains me. It's God and God alone that fulfills me. It's God and God alone that I'm gonna find my joy. It's God and God alone that I'm gonna be, it's only in God. And so he's like, come hell or high water, come good times and bad. I remain desperate for God. And friends, we need to do the same. Imagine if we as God's people were just hungry for his work in our world once again, hungry for his presence in our life once again. Friends, that's what it looks like to turn. That's what it looks like to lean in. And that's the place where we begin to see God here, God forgive and God heal in Jesus name. Are you hungry? Come on. Are you hungry? Let's just get hungry. Thanks for joining us for today's message from Citizens Church. It's our prayer that through this message, God would impact and inspire your life. If you have any questions for us or would like to let us know how God is using these messages in your life, please let us know by sending an email to connect at citizenschurch.org. Also, if you would like to support this ministry financially, you can do so online and help in seeing more lives changed through the work here at Citizens Church. Thank you so much for joining us. Gotta, gotta keep on